1: everyone and welcome to this episode of the Beyond Markets podcast. My name is Helen Freer and I'm delighted to be joined today by Esteban Polidura, who is the head of America's investment strategy here at Julius Baer, and Dario Messi, a fixed income strategist at Julius Baer, who I've had the pleasure of speaking to before on this podcast. Today's topic is emerging market hard currency debt. So I'm looking forward to asking the two gentlemen why we at Julius Baer like this particular segment at the moment and why investors might want to consider it for their portfolios. So let's get started. Good morning, firstly, to both of you.
2: Good morning, Helen. Morning, Helen.
1: So we are now positive on emerging market hard currency debt and think it's a good time to consider making an allocation to this segment of the bond market. My first question is going to be an obvious one. Why is this? Well, first of all,
2: I mean, emerging market bonds offer quite interesting yields in absolute terms at this point. This certainly attracts investors looking for decent compensation. Uh, Economic growth in emerging markets remains stable despite the ongoing drag that we have from China. And at the same time, inflation also continues to fall. And probably most importantly, We expect the rate-cutting cycle in developed markets to start uh, later in this year and this is usually very supportive for the segment.
3: On top of uh, this, investing in emerging market bonds provides investors with exposure to markets and sectors that may otherwise be underrepresented in their portfolios. This can help spread risk because these bonds may not be highly connected with assets from developed markets.
1: And thinking about the macro environment, we're expecting lower policy rates in the U.S. And we think that emerging market hard currency debt should benefit from this environment. Why should that be the case?
2: Well, what we observed in the past is that uh, lower yields and rates in developed markets normally means that the investors are looking outside for extra yield. And one way to get this is opting for emerging market debt. So in other words, demand for this segment should improve again. And Now, from a more fundamental perspective, rate cuts in developed markets mean there is less pressure on emerging economies to keep their own policy rates and financing costs high, and to restrict with that economic activity. This is very important. Uh, emerging markets are always in a balancing act and are very sensitive to currency moves. Um, this is just natural, if you think about it. Whenever part of your liabilities are in a different currency, A deterioration in that currency can quickly end up in a very dangerous vicious cycle.
1: Esteban, anything to add there?
2: Let me offer you a couple of good examples from Latam's
3: two largest economies on this point. Since COVID, Brazil raised the reference rate from 2.25% to a six year high of 13.75%, representing an 11.5 percentage point increase. Mexico's rate rose from 4%. To 11.25 percent a seven and a quarter percentage point rise the fed funds rate on the other hand rose by only five and a half percentage points from trough to peak roughly the faster and more intense hikes in ems like brazil and mexico provided strength to local currencies now brazil mexico and other em countries are expected to decrease their reference rates quicker than the U.S. to reflect lower inflationary pressures, but also to avoid eroding economic growth. The fact that rate cuts could not only be faster, but also more intense than in the U.S., might translate into potential weakness for local currencies against the U.S. dollar.
1: Okay, but why would I invest in emerging market hard currency debt then, rather than equities?
3: This is a great question, Helen, and one often discussed with our clients, because when market trends are favorable, we tend to forget that there are many more reasons to assess the validity of investments than just returns. And here's where the portfolio strategic asset allocation comes in play. It recognizes that different asset classes offer varying degrees of risk and return, and that the optimal mix of these assets depends on an investor's financial goals, time horizon, And risk tolerance, including emerging market hard currency bonds in a portfolio, therefore is not about choosing bonds over stocks or even emerging market over developed market bonds, but about finding the right balance between them to achieve a desired investment outcome. This balanced approach can help investors navigate markets' uncertainties, reduce volatility, and achieve a smoother investment experience over the long term.
1: What about high yield debt in developed markets, though? Would that be a way to access similar spreads without having to think about emerging market risk? And perhaps more generally, how are valuations looking at the moment?
2: Yeah, first of all, spreads are much lower compared to a year ago um, across all the segments. So in other words, there is probably no bargain anymore. Um, When we look at the extra compensation in developed markets, uh, we actually think, it doesn't really account for the risk and possibility of credit loss at this point. This is uh, very different for the EM space. In emerging markets, you normally get a decent pickup for the same credit quality, um, as measured, for example, in terms of corporate leverage. And this can be attributed to a country risk premia. At the moment, we feel much more comfortable taking this country risk premia rather than adding weaker balance sheets uh, in developed markets. So in a nutshell, Valuation is not as attractive anymore in spread markets more generally, but the risk reward proposition is still sufficient in EM while we would be more cautious in developed markets.
1: Are there any regions in particular within EM that we like?
2: Yeah, overall, we think uh, the Middle East should certainly benefit from a sound fiscal backdrop and the FX reserves. Uh, In Asia, our colleagues there uh, keep telling us that the debt segment uh, has some pockets of value, but we should uh, keep the quality tilt there. And then it is about Latin America, which uh, looks quite strong at the moment. And I know, Esteban, there are some very encouraging developments in the region. Indeed, there are, Darío. Um, This
3: year, for example, Brazil is projected to experience GDP growth of 1.6% and avoid a recession with growth propelled by lower interest rates, enhanced investments, and consumer spending. There are also external factors, such as improved trade balances and increased exports, particularly in the agriculture sector, which should further bolster the outlook. The government's commitment to a zero primary deficit target this year highlights its dedication to fiscal discipline, and the introduction of a more progressive tax system is likely to boost productivity and revenue collection in order to achieve this target. Annual inflation is expected to settle at around 4% in 2024, thus allowing Brazil's central bank to cut the reference rate from 11.25% to 9.25% by year-end. Mexico's GDP should grow 3% this year, backed by strong export demand and a recovery in investment, while high remittances and wage growth have lifted private consumption. Services, industrial production, and agriculture continue to rise, and manufacturing, which actually lost some momentum last year in line with U.S. trends, should pick up once global rates start to decrease. Mexico's central bank has kept its policy rate unchanged at 11.25%, as inflation is above its target range and even accelerated a bit in January. Having said this, we expect easing to start in March, thus providing a long-awaited boost to bonds prices.
1: What about in terms of maturities? Dario, do you like shorter dated or longer dated bonds?
2: Well, it probably makes sense to have quite a broad exposure to various maturities at this point. Um, We have high rates at the short end, certainly very appealing, But uh, we also talk about the cutting cycles, so these short-term yields will not uh, last forever and we need to consider reinvestment risks as well. So we would also add longer uh, maturities. A good approach at this point, uh, in my view, is to have the riskier credit part allocated at the shorter end and with safer bonds, investors can lock in yields for a bit longer and also take some implicit hatching component into portfolios.
1: Also, though, you're very clear that you like emerging market hard currency debt, so not EM bonds in local currencies. Can you explain why this is?
3: Sure. Uh, Let's speak first about the US versus the eurozone. We expect the dollar to trade range bound versus the euro at around 1.08, acknowledging the potential for volatility, as there is still a considerable amount of uncertainty around the rate cut debate. A potential period of risk appetite backed, for example, by faster global growth could translate into downside risk for uh, the U.S. dollar. However, we would not expect it to soften materially either as it still offers higher rates than most G10 economies. Therefore, the risks on the U.S. dollar appear to be balanced for this year. Now, speaking about high-yield currencies, their advantage is beginning to fade as early rate cuts from emerging market central banks Come to the table. Now, something interesting is happening. And again, let me offer you some examples from Latin America. Rates in Brazil have already dropped by 250 basis points, and the currency hasn't moved a lot. The Brazilian real is still expected to have to digest 200 basis points worth of rate cuts this year. And when you see our analysts' FX estimates, again, there is no material change expected within the next 12 months. The Mexican peso is expected to have to digest rate cuts this year of up to 325 basis points, but the currency remains strong. So why aren't we seeing material weakness on the back of lower rates? That's that's the key question. Well, this is likely linked to the lack of currencies in the market that still offer a high carry. But again, as the carry falls, the likelihood of weakness
2: versus the US dollar increases.
1: And Dario, what are your thoughts? Yes,
2: I totally agree here. And uh, on top of this, exposure to local currency bonds is a totally different thing. Uh, the main risk here originates in currency moves, not really the carry or credit risks. Uh, it is therefore not the typical bond feature. Uh, so in other words, hard currency bonds show much less volatility and therefore also more stability for portfolios. Investors normally also have a much better access to hard currency bonds. Some local markets can be quite tricky to access. And more structurally also, from my analysis, EM local currency on a broad basis gives you more volatility, but not really better returns on average. So the segment is very heterogeneous and is much more about single country or single currency stories.
1: Maybe if I hadn't just heard everything you both have to say in support of the segment, my default thinking might be that there are more risks involved in investing in emerging markets. What are your thoughts there? Is it a lot riskier than other investments? And what are the risks that investors should be aware of when investing in this area?
2: Yeah, there is no doubt that uh, EM exposure tends to be riskier than in uh, developed markets. And while there are compelling uh, reasons to invest in EM hard currency bonds, it's crucial to be aware of these risks. Uh, emerging markets can be more volatile and have a higher economic risk compared to developed markets. Also, EM bonds might be less liquid than those uh, from developed markets, potentially making it harder to sell the bond without affecting its price. This is pretty important, not least because many investors want to sell at the same time, namely when the investment environment gets sour. I would therefore say a prudent approach uh, is to invest in EM by also making sure not being forced to sell at any point in time, because rest assured, it's usually the worst possible time. And finally, EMs can be more prone to political tensions, which can obviously also have a material impact on investment returns. There's also the currency aspect
3: that we already touched upon, and that is why we like hard currency EM debt at the moment. Incorporating a mix of emerging and developed market investments in a portfolio is a strategic approach to capturing global growth opportunities while managing risks through diversification. Emerging and developed markets often have low correlation with each other due to differences in economic cycles, geopolitical factors, and market dynamics. Moreover, emerging market assets can sometimes be undervalued relative to their intrinsic worth due to various factors such as market inefficiencies or investor perceptions. This can provide investors with opportunities to buy assets at lower prices and benefit from potential valuation corrections over time.
1: Okay, great. Thank you very much to both of you. It's been an interesting conversation today. Great to understand your reasons for liking this segment. Thanks a lot for your time.
2: Thank you, Helen. Yes, thanks for having us on the podcast, Helen.
1: And with that, we conclude this edition of the Beyond Markets podcast. Thanks again to my guest today. And thank you all for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this conversation and that you will join us again soon. Bye for now.
0: You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Bear, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information. Get ready for the day ahead. Moving Markets is a daily market news briefing from Julius Bear's leading experts. You'll hear all about the latest ups and downs across asset classes, the underlying drivers, and our thoughts on where markets are heading. Search Moving Markets on your favourite podcast player.